Hi there, I'm Andy, a moon chasing, manifesting, wander lover, and feel good aficionado. Consider me your woo woo best friend. This show is a sacred space for ideas, concepts, and modalities that might be considered taboo, but that I personally find a great magic in. In these conversations, my mission is to inspire confidence, worth, and mystical thinking in our modern world. Let's get into it, shall we? Hello, my friends. It is mini episode time again. We have a full moon coming up this weekend. It's a full moon in Gemini, which means it is time to reflect. It's time to get playful with yourself and with those around you. Hot tip, if you have something that you're invited to do right now and it isn't something that's fun or something that lights you up, you don't got to do it. You can say no and then re-engage in the new year. And that means adding new meetings to your calendar, taking on additional projects before the end of the year. Let that full moon and Gemini energy of light, playful, joyful communication, expression, let that be who you are as you approach the last couple days, really, of this year. I mean, we're basically there. So in honor of the full moon that is coming this weekend, we are going to talk about manifestation in alignment with the full moon. And I'm going to take you really quickly through the eight steps. You know the eight steps if you've been here for a minute. If you're brand new to this show, I have a free guide to this eight-step manifestation magic process over on my website. I will put that in the show notes so you can grab it. And there's some really great stuff included in that guide, including some journal prompts to help you go deeper. And this session is a great place to start this mini episode. I'm also going to share a manifestation story that came in through our texts. And if you haven't yet started texting in your manifestation stories, do so. The text number is 1-323-405-9256. And I'm going to answer a really beautiful question that came through as well around manifestation. So we're going to do all of that in a mini episode. So let's get right into it. We're going to start with the eight steps to manifestation. Since I began practicing these eight steps, there are a myriad of big ticket desires that I've been able to call into my life. And to back up a little bit before we even go into what those things are that I've been able to attract and magnetize into my life, I will tell you this. When I started doing this process and things started to serendipitously align in my life, I was not conscious of it. I had no plan for this to happen. What I was hyper aware of as I began to get analytical was that I was following a process and it took me some time to document what that process was and what had worked for me to make those dreams become real for me. But I didn't go into this in any capacity thinking, 
oh, let me just start practicing the law of attraction and saying positive affirmations over and over again, and things just start to happen. That was not my plan. You've probably heard of the law of attraction. I started studying manifestation in 2006. That was the year that the book and the movie, The Secret, came out. I was working with the law of attraction then, and I did notice that the approach was working, but there was there was definitely a level of, there was like a ceiling. I did not have the belief system. If you would have told me in 2006 that here today in December of 2021, that I would have this show, this podcast that's ranking on the spirituality charts, that I would have written two books that I'm really proud of and a third one that's on the way, that I would have the relationship that I have that feels so grounded and beautiful and supportive and full of love and passion and all of those amazing things, that I would have the home that we have here in Los Angeles, even then that I would have had this beautiful experience of my time in New Orleans. It was not on my radar. I was I was capped at what I believed was possible. And even with the law of attraction, as really great things were starting to happen in my life, I didn't have the vision to see anything bigger. And so these eight steps are what took me out of that space that I was living in that thought that my life was fine. I had a house in Atlanta. That's where I was living back then. I was a senior level executive in the company I was working for. My clients were fantastic. I loved working with them. And I could have done that for a really, really long time. And then I just started to get enough of a hit to know that there was something bigger in store for me and that I had to step up to it. And so that's how these eight steps started to develop. So step one is face the limiting beliefs. I had no idea I even had limiting beliefs. Zero idea. If your belief is that you don't deserve something greater than what you currently have, or if you're like me, how I was back then, which was I didn't even have the foresight or the insight, I suppose, to think bigger than what I currently was living in. So in order for you to begin to achieve the next level in your life, the universe can't support you if you're keeping yourself beneath the ceiling, if you're not facing that you are in fact limiting yourself in some ways by what you currently believe. So that's step one, really getting clear that it's likely that in some way you're limiting what you believe to be possible. Step two, you've got to start asking for what it is that you want. And in my practice, that means writing a list and getting really specific. It is as simple as it sounds. You don't have to get fancy. Pull out a sheet of paper, get your journal open, and handwrite what it is that you want and state it with intention. And you can get as detailed as your big vision will allow. So that means, and I talk about this episode every time we talk about manifestation, that means like I did with my home here in LA, which the episode in which I talk about that is the, is the show in which I walk you through the exact process of how I called this house into my life. But I got really detailed working on calling this house into my life, like down to, I needed to have a big tub and a garden, et cetera. So write the list. 
Step three, raise your vibrational frequency. Now here's where it starts to sound a little woo-woo. So how do we raise our vibrational frequency? We're all human beings, so it's natural to cycle through low and high vibrational emotions. And we have the power to shift that vibrational state. Low vibrational feelings include feelings like shame, guilt, fear, indifference, frustration, anger. High vibe feelings include emotions of gratitude, fulfillment, love, joy, compassion, and peace. If you're feeling low vibration emotions, it's important to look at what you can do personally, what your practice needs to be to move yourself into high vibrational energies. And you're going to be in a flow all the time. It's not like you can just do this once and all of a sudden we just live high vibes only. For me, it's meditation, it's journaling, it's breath work, it's my kundalini yoga practice. Those are the ways that I'm able to move more quickly out of a low vibrational state into a high vibrational state. To manifest, you need to feel the emotions of what you're calling in. And to feel those emotions, you need to be in that high vibrational frequency. So that's step three. Step four, expand your circle. This is the example of that old adage, seeing is believing. You need to be able to take a look out into the world and find people that you admire, people that you can look up to, living the life that you want. When you can see it happening, when you can slide it into the subconscious mind that this, in fact, is real, and if they can have it, I can have it too, we start to have a different set of beliefs that become more normalized in our subconscious mind. And we do that by expanding what we see. I grew up in a suburb in North Carolina for my childhood days, and I had great people around me. But were the people around me doing things like moving to New York to go to fashion school or exploring faraway destinations to have a new perspective on life and culture and what's possible in this world? Absolutely not. That just wasn't what I was seeing. And so when we think about expanding your circle, it doesn't mean you have to move to New York to go to fashion school, which is something looking back on my life now. I would have loved to do something like that. I just didn't know it to be possible when I was a kid. I just didn't know it to be possible. So you don't have to go and move abroad or travel to New York for fashion school, for example. But you do need to, especially with social media, we can see we can see perspectives so different from ours through social media today. So that is one really beautiful thing about social media. So what we do need to do is get our minds expanded. So that's step four. Step five, make space. The vacuum law of prosperity says that in order to call in what you want, you have to make room for it. Space allows for movement. When all of your space is filled up, new, good, fresh stuff can't find its way in. So we have to reduce the unnecessary stuff going on in our life to create time, atmosphere, and opportunity for what you want to call in to show up. Step six, follow the guides. You can call them what you want, downloads, pings, divine hits, hunches. This is where your intuition steps in. These guides are the answers that show up for you out of nowhere. They simply arrive into your mind's eye 
and give you direction. And it's up to you to listen and follow them. This is literally the universe communicating with you. Step seven, take inspired action. So we've talked about this already. Manifestation is not just thinking positive and then sitting back and turning on the Netflix and hoping that the next day when you show up to your desk and turn on the computer that you're going to have all sorts of emails popping into your inbox with all the things that you want showing themselves to you. That's just not how it works. Once you've followed the first six steps, you'll notice that the guides are showing up and they're delivering opportunities. And now you have to take action on those opportunities. So for example, if you're looking for a new home, when you show up to the desk that morning and you open the computer and you start checking the emails, if you think that someone's going to invite you to an open house to check out a new home, well, maybe, but it's going to be more likely to happen if you are on the hunt. If you've got that list going, you know exactly what it is that you're looking for. You're actively searching for it and you're doing some outreach to get that thing set up. I certainly didn't manifest this home here in LA that we live in now that I love so much by waiting for someone to send me ideas of where we might live. I had to be actively seeking it. And then once I got that energetic ball rolling, once this house did show itself to me, once I came across it on the internet, the next steps moved very easily. The flow was was there. Okay. Step eight. Now we receive and repeat. When you arrive to this step, don't get in your own way. Give yourself permission to receive what you've asked for. One of the things that I would recommend here is start practicing these eight steps with small things like finding a great pair of jeans, or maybe there's, I don't know, a specific light fixture that you're looking for as you're decorating your office, or maybe it's a friendship that you've wanted to cultivate. I guess that's no small thing, friendships, but you get the idea. Don't go asking for the big, really marvelous high ticket items first. Let's start by proving it to ourselves that we can do this, receiving those receiving those goods, getting that good stuff in, and then repeat the process. And as you continue to repeat the process, keep leveling up. Keep trying this eight-step process again with bigger gets on the other side of it. And you'll get to a place where it's like, oh, I am really great at this. And when I want something that is going to be for my greatest good and the greatest good of those around me, which is also really important that we're manifesting in a way that we're considering our greatest good, our highest good, and that of those around us. So then once you've gotten into this cycle and you're receiving and repeating, it becomes quite a bit easier. You'll start to trust that what you've called in is in fact yours. You'll see it in a positive light and as a gift for the highest good of everyone around you, including yourself, of course. Okay. So that's our eight steps. And as we approach the full moon this weekend, I encourage you to work with these eight steps and write those manifestation lists, especially with a moon in Gemini. This is a moon of communication. So go ahead and write those lists as if you are writing a letter to the universe cosmically connected 
you and the universe. Okay, so I wanted to share a manifestation story to inspire each of you. This came in via text. Again, you can text me at 1-323-405-9256. This is from Jennifer. Jennifer, thank you so much for sharing your story. And it says this, 2021 was a life-changing year. When I was going through an awakening over the past year, my world opened up to so many beautiful women that came into my life. At the time, I didn't understand it, but now realize my soul was ready to receive. I was ready for transformation to take place. When the student is ready, the teacher will come. These women became my mentors, guides, and friends. They all had a huge impact on my journey of healing, self-discovery, and stepping onto a path of true joy and my soul's purpose. Looking back, I manifested this. I am no longer an owner and chef at a catering company. I am now a medium who connects at soul level with clients to bring clarity through Akashic Records. I heal energies. I host new and full moon dinners and help others work with her beautiful energy. This has all happened in less than nine months. I want to share my gifts, my life's lessons, my story with the world. I have manifested everything on my list this year except sharing my story on a podcast, which scares me a bit and also feels so right. Crazy that I opened up the message this morning. I also feel that Andy was sent to me. So beautiful. So Jennifer, now I'm sharing your story on this podcast. So thank you so much for sharing it with us. So much gratitude for you. I'm going to close this episode answering a question that came in that says this, I have a manifestation question. Did you take as much aligned action in manifesting your partner as you did in manifesting your home? With relationship, I often feel that these things should magnetize more naturally. Would love to hear your thoughts. So I'm definitely going to have an episode coming up in season two in which Ben and I are going to talk quite a bit more about this. You know, as I'm saying that, he does edit the podcast, and I don't know that I've fully asked him for his permission to share that, but that's going to happen. So, Ben, as you're editing this, FYI. Okay. So, my answer to this question is yes. And I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I was not consciously aware of my manifestation practice when it started to happen. I started to have these really divine things show up for me. And one big example was the experience of writing my first book and the experience of having a free place to live in Spain for quite a few months when I left my corporate job. Those things were not on my list in a formal way, but they were things that were for my greatest good. And I had other things that I was starting to journal about that aligned those experiences to what I was in fact calling in. I just didn't quite know it yet. So when it came to my relationship, I was pretty crystal clear on what it was that I didn't want. And I was finding that out, which I think many of us do the hard way. I was in experiences in which I I had long-term relationships and then shorter dating relationships in which I could see clearly some of the really beautiful traits that these folks would have. And I wasn't necessarily identifying right away the traits that they had that would not make for those folks to be the best long-term 
partner for me. So it took me having to go through those experiences quite a few times to have this awareness of, hey, I'm getting pretty crystal clear here on what it is that I would that I don't want. What if I spent some time really writing out what I do want? And I was never in a place where I ever did the online dating thing, not that or the app thing, not that I have anything against it. I just never, I never got there. I never, I never went there. I kind of was this serial relationship person where I had a relationship and then have a little bit of downtime kind of date, but more just meeting people and kind of serendipitous types of ways. And then I'd find myself in another relationship. And I am the type of person that my heart is really open. And so I can fall into love. And I think I think we all f- have the capability of falling in love many times, but it's it, it's a matter of if it's a love that is meant to be an enduring and lasting love. And so I would find myself into these like swoony, loving circumstances and then realize that this isn't exactly this isn't exactly going to be a long-term fit for me. So then I did get crystal clear. And some of the things, that I put on that list, for example, where I wanted someone who was incredibly worldly, who had traveled and traveled and traveled and really believed in the power of education through culture. I wanted someone who made their living as an artist. I am absolutely smitten with artists. And so that had to be on my list. There were some really specific character traits that were important to me. I At the time that I met Ben, I was running a fashion incubator program. I have a deep love for fashion. It's very much in my background and one of my passions. And I wanted somebody who got that and understood that. And it seemed like something that might be quite superficial. But I I remember sitting with Ben on one of our first dates. And if you know me from way back, you know, I have a collection of Vogue magazines that goes from like the mid-90s through like a decade a decade later. So I had this stack of Vogue books. And on our first date in which he came over to my house, he was checking them out and showed interest and didn't think it was silly or superficial or any of the things that I had noticed about previous dates. So those are just a couple of small examples. But as I started to get clear on that, I could put together a list really easily of what it was that I wanted. And as I, when I met Ben and as I started to get to know him, I was checking those boxes off that list with every conversation I was having with him, with every experience, every date. Here's one more example. And then we're wrapping this mini episode that's becoming a little bit longer than a mini episode. We're wrapping it up. So at the beginning of Ben and I's relationship, he was a touring musician. He is a touring musician. So at that time, he was traveling a whole lot. He was living the tour life. And so many of our first dates happened on the road where I'd have to fly or he'd have to fly somewhere. And it was romantic and fun and beautiful and incredibly cool to get to have that lifestyle. And I remember traveling to Boulder, Colorado for a weekend with him. And we were pretty, it was pretty early in our relationship. And he was so thoughtful about the way he structured what our plans for the weekend would be. We went out hiking. He had a couple of my favorite records in the Airbnb. He had taken note of a couple of like my favorite picnic foods and 
had the Airbnb host get some of those things and put them in the fridge so that when I arrived, they would be there because he was off doing his sound check and rehearsal. And those were things that were very much on my list. That level of thoughtfulness, that those are definitely the types of behaviors that are my love language. So for me, those were the types of things that had to be happening for it to feel like a yes connection really early on. So I would suggest if you're thinking about how do you take that type of inspired action around a relationship, well, start by crafting your list. And that list has got to be a non-negotiable list. So the person that you're going to invite into your space, into your auric field, into your energy, you've got to kind of And I don't, this might be, this could be a little controversial. I don't mean this as like you need to throw out tests and games, but you need to, you need to find a way to work down that list and make sure that the person meets everything on that list before you go much further. So definitely no games, definitely no like tests. Let's not make people have to work for it in that sort of way, but be really open and communicative and honest about what you're searching for. And that's what Ben and I did really early as we just talked a lot, a whole lot about what it was that we each needed for, for a partnership to align. So that is my not so short answer to that question around taking inspired action and manifesting a partnership. And, you know, it had to be the right time for me absolutely had to be the right time for me and it had to be the right time for Ben. So put that on your list too. When will the right time be for you? And you may find that the universe, which often works in mysterious and sometimes hilarious ways, will deliver that partnership to you in a way that does feel quite magnetic and natural because you've crafted the list and you've you've communicated with clarity what it is that you want. You don't have to go out like clawing your way towards it. You just have to get really clear and then allow yourself to become that magnet in which what you want finds its way to you. And that's very much what happened with Ben and I. I certainly wasn't out looking for him when we met. And I'll save that story for how of how we met for another day. Thank you so much for being with me for another mini episode. Much love and happy holidays. Happy full moon coming up this weekend. If you're interested in joining us for the Manifestation Blueprint course, we still have, I think like as I record this, two spaces available. Get that spot if you want it. We also start back with brand new and beautifully improved Colt Laloon in January. You can register now. So if you're interested in joining us for Colt Laloon in January, that is open and ready for you. If you've loved this episode, as always, please share it. Tag us in social. If you share it on Instagram, the show page is your woo woo BFF. As always, I'm Andy at wee wee girl. Leave us a review that also helps us so much. It helps others to find our show. We appreciate you myself, Ben, everyone who's been working on this show this year. Much love. I'll be back again with one more bonus episode next week, and then we'll be prepping for season two. See you soon.